What is up, family? It's Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise a Doctor and author of Pre-Med Mondays. Both books are available on Amazon.com, so make sure you grab a copy and you are listening to the Black Men and White Coats podcast, the place where black male clinicians have the opportunity to share their story. Today's story is going to be that of Dr. David Kabithes, and it's a great story. And the reason I think this is such a great story is because it emphasizes the importance of environment to success. The importance of environment to success. What you learn in Dr. Kabithes' story is when he moved into the right environment, he was able to blossom. When he was around the right people, he was able to blossom. And call me crazy, but I have this wild belief that if you take some of our young African-American men and women and white and Hispanic and everything, if you take some some people who are gifted and you put them in the right environment, I believe that within them, they have what it takes to be successful. Our job as mentors, as parents, as educators, as influencers is to help get the youth in the right environment. And you'll see that happen here in Dr. Kabithe's story. Check it out. My name is Dr. David Kabithe, and I am a board-certified general surgeon. I am trained to perform many different types of surgeries and procedures, such as appendectomies, removal of the gallbladder, as well as endoscopies. I also specialize in procedures performed to create and maintain dialysis access for patients whose kidneys have stopped working. I work at Jenny Stewart Medical Center in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. I obtained my undergraduate education at Georgetown College, a small private liberal arts college in Kentucky, where I graduated with highest honors. That's also known as summa cum laude. I went on to attend medical school at the University of Louisville School of Medicine, where I graduated with honors amongst the top students of my class. If you met me when I was in the sixth grade in 1979, you could never have imagined that I would achieve the accomplishments that I just mentioned. You see, when I was in elementary school, I was not considered to be smart. I was not a good reader. I was very bad at math. And don't get me started on science. That was even worse. Our family lived in Toledo, Ohio, where my father was a psychologist with a PhD. My mother was a computer programmer. They were African immigrants who worked hard and didn't, but I didn't believe I fit the description of a smart kid. I hated being asked to read out loud in class because I made a lot of mistakes and mispronounced words. In the fourth grade, I was given something called the Gilmore Oral Reading Test. I was found to be, and I quote, below average in accuracy, and inferior in comprehension. That means I could not answer the questions about what I read correctly. I was placed in remedial reading classes. Because of these problems I was having, my parents thought I would do better in a private school, so they decided to take me out of the public school and put me in a private Catholic school. But that did not seem to help much. In the sixth grade, I got Ds in math for the whole year. My report card said things like, disturbs the class, talks back, not proficient. I was just an all-around bad student. I only cared about playing basketball, riding my bike, or riding my skateboard, not school. I got in trouble a lot at school, and a lot of times I was falsely accused of doing things that I didn't even do. I was fitting into the description that I thought was me. 
Then one day my parents said that our family was moving to Kenya. They want to be closer to home and their family. I did not want to leave my friends and everything that I knew, but I had no choice in the matter. We, re we, we relocated to Nairobi, Kenya in 1980. Moving to Kenya was a big change for me. It was nice to be around extended family, which I had never experienced, but the education system was very different. If things were bad for me in America, they were about to get much worse. I had to pass an entrance exam in English and math just to get into a public elementary school in Kenya. I passed the English test but failed the math test, so I was not accepted into the school that my younger siblings would go to. Mr. Patel, who was the principal, had the final say, and he said I wasn't qualified to attend that school based on my math test grade. We visited several schools. The last school was further away from home, actually much further. It was called Langata West Elementary School. I failed the math test there as well, but the principal of that school, Mrs. Wamwangi, decided to give me a chance. The teachers at that school were the first teachers to ever tell me that I was smart. I listened. I was starting to see my potential, and it was at this point that I thought, maybe I am smart. So now it's almost time to get into high school in Kenya for me. Getting into high school in Kenya is more stressful or as stressful as getting into college in America. Here in America, students automatically go to high school. But in Kenya, in order to get into high school, students have to do well on a national exam. It takes one day and one day only. No redos. No redos. If you're sick, too bad. If you're having a bad day, too bad. Test day is almost like a national holiday. Friends and family send you success cards for encouragement. All the seventh graders take the test on the same day at the same time. When the results come out, the schools are ranked and it is announced on the news and in the newspapers. My family and I were very worried about this exam. I received tutoring in math. I had to learn new things like world geography and African history. With the teachers believing in me and their tutoring, I started to do well in school. I didn't do well in school in Kenya right away. It took time and hard work. I was disciplined when necessary. The teachers believed in me and started to, and I started to believe in myself. I realized my potential. It was around, it was around this time that I decided that I wanted to become a doctor because I, I now believe that I was smart. I really was smart. When it came time to take the national exam to get into high school, I was ready. The highest possible score was 36 points. I got 35 points. I went on to do very well in high school. I came back to America for college, a different person. I performed above and beyond what people expected of me in college and medical school. I chose to obtain my surgical training at Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine. I chose that institution because it was very good as a training program and one of the most diverse ones that I visited. There are both male and female surgical residents of different races and backgrounds. I felt comfortable and supported there. I completed my general surgery residency in 2002. I did very well and passed every test and board exam that I ever took. I was always drawn to small communities because I felt that I could make a difference in places that struggled to attract highly qualified doctors. So 
unlike my fellow residents who went on to work at places like the Cleveland Clinic, the Mayo Clinic, MD Anderson, and other highly regarded institutions, I chose to take my talents to small town America. I worked in Middletown, Ohio for 12 years, and then I relocated to Hopkinsville, Kentucky, where I felt there was a greater need and also to be closer to family. Even though I have achieved a lot, that doesn't mean that everything has been wonderful and that there hasn't been challenges along the way. As an African-American male, I've had patients that did not want to see me based only on the color of my skin. I've had colleagues that have not given me referrals for the same reason. This happens because of implicit bias. Discrimination is not always blatant, but black people tend to know when they are being discriminated against. Despite this, the solution is for African-Americans not to be discouraged from going into medicine, but quite the opposite. What I think is needed is to have more black physicians in general, but more black male physicians in particular out in our communities and hospitals visible for all to see. This way, African-American physicians will not be viewed as an anomaly. This can happen if more African-American kids consider being a doctor as a possibility, especially black males, since our numbers have been dropping in the field of medicine for the past 30 years. There are so many young people that look like me that can do what I did or even much better. Being a doctor has been very rewarding. I've made a difference in many of my patients' lives. I cannot count the number of times that an African-American patient has told me how proud they are to have met and been cared for by a black surgeon. Most Americans will never experience being cared for by a black doctor, and that's unfortunate. I feel appreciated by patients of all races who who have afforded me the privilege to take care of them. I pray that one day doctors in America will be as diverse as the general population and it becomes a common occurrence for someone like me to be a doctor. This will be great for America and great for humanity. I think people grow into their academic potential at different times and have different needs. If you are a young person who doesn't read well or you struggle in math, don't let that define you. With some help and more practice, you could become one of the best readers in your class or really good at math. Just like a basketball player has to do different drills to be a good ball handler. With with practice, you can become a good reader if you can learn, and you can learn to develop good study skills. You can become a doctor, nurse, engineer, dentist, pharmacist, architect, accountant, lawyer, the list goes on and on. You can be more than you think you can be. If you're an athlete, you can be a great athlete and a great student at the same time. Your brain is like a muscle. The more you work it, the stronger it gets. Don't be ashamed or embarrassed to ask for help with reading or math like I was. Don't fit the description. Don't let anyone count you out, but most importantly, don't count yourself out. Now that was some amazing advice from Dr. Kabithe towards the end of that podcast there. I want you guys to pay special attention to the things he said. Don't be afraid to ask for help. That's something we struggle with. Everybody struggles with asking for help. Be that person who doesn't struggle with that. If you need help, ask for help. I do it all the time myself. The older I get, the more I realize I don't know anything and the more I ask for help. Exercise your brain. Your brain is a muscle. You heard him say that? Your brain is a muscle. As I play in sports, I take my kids to the gym and shoot a lot of jump shots. We do a lot of stuff like that. We're practicing. The same way you practice 
basketball, football, music, whatever it is you're practicing, practice with your brain. That is critical. And the last one he said, which I thought was just amazing, was don't count yourself out. If somebody else is going to count you out, that's on them. Let them do that. But you don't count yourself out. Amazing stuff, Dr. Kabithe. Thank you so very much for joining us for this podcast, Dr. Kabithe. And for me, the take-home message is the right environment. You need to be in the right environment to be successful. And it was very, very evident in your story. And I hope that others, our listeners, will hear that and they'll take that to heart and they'll work on getting themselves in the right environment or getting the ones who they are trying to lift up in the right environment. So to my parents and teachers listening, remember to get the worksheet from www.blackmenandwhitecoats.org backslash worksheets for your students. Get the worksheets. Let them do it. My kid does them. Uh, I recommend that your kid should do them too. My kid's learning an awful lot from this, right? My seven-year-old. My younger ones can't quite do it yet, but my seven-year-old's doing this. So if you've got kids from age seven through high school, college, they need to be doing these worksheets, critical stuff in these worksheets for them to learn, all right? Subscribe, just click that button, Google, iTunes, whatever you're using, make sure you subscribe. The more subscriptions we get, the more these podcast players will put it out for other people to find it. The more people listen and the more we can spread our message on this mission to get more black men into the field of medicine. So we do appreciate you subscribing and sharing the podcast with your friends. All right. So if you're a pre-medical student, you know where to find me. I'm on premedstar.com. Send me a message. I'm always there to answer your questions to the best of my ability. And otherwise, I will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Yeah.